to say hello. Hello. I feel like mine was better than yours. Well, you you had a lot more energy. I, I was kind of frightened. Uh, <laughs> it's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast with Rochelle and Carter, where we talk about what we're going through spiritually. Um. Yeah, and I think that when you can't say hello with exuberance, okay. I think there's a spiritual. Okay. There may be something All a right. blockage. You know what? My Something spirit, new? my spirit just wasn't there, wasn't in it. Wasn't in it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about what our spirit is going through, um, what our brains are going through, what our bodies are going through. I, because we're you can't disconnect one part of it from another, you know? Mm, yeah. Your spirit, mind, body, soul, all of it is together. So um my dad is physically turning 70 years old. August 18th. I think he's a bajillion years old spiritually, though. He's very smart, very wise what's he, guy. No, what's he turning mentally? Is he still like a, a 30-year-old, too? <laughs> he collects keychains and toys and stuff. So I think he's like maybe, I don't know. He's past toddler. <laughs> but he still has a Tamagotchi. He's still playing. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that you want to be when you grow up because he's just still having a lot of fun at yeah. 70 years old. But what do you do when you're having a birthday party and you're reaching like big time landmark birthdays like that? milestone birthdays and my brother had this great idea he's like you know what we can rent a movie theater that is interesting apparently you can rent the whole theater yes privately for a decent i mean it's i'm sure a discounted rate compared to what it was before the covid stuff and it's just like a theater it's not like the entire movie theater place, yeah but. yeah <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my you're word. at 16 screens. Each one of your family members in a different theater. <laughs> you play laser tag in the hallways. <laughs> it'd just be amazing. I mean, I guess if you're a big star, you'd probably do that on a regular I, I, basis. But. I told you this, though, that, that, and I, I sounded sarcastic when I said it, but I'm dead serious. I want to go get my feet stuck in popcorn butter again. Dried popcorn <laughs> butter to the floor. It sounds like I'm I'm dissing the movies, but I, I love the movies. No. I Hopefully, they've got plenty of time to clean up after the messy patrons that we are. Yeah, true. True. But if you think about it, I've only slipped in the butter. I've only stuck to the Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got the caramel corn. I digress. My dad, they're watching Indiana Jones on the big screen. I haven't asked him. I forgot to ask, okay, which one are they going to watch? And I actually, it's a surprise. So well, As long as it's any one of them but the last one, then, he, then he'll he be should, fine. He should be I good. think it's a given that they would never choose that one. Oh, Unless man. they were angry at my dad for some reason. <laughs> But I was reading this article, it popped out at me, and it said, am I the only one that thinks Indiana Jones was kind of a jerk? Oh, interesting. Well, immediately, my guard went up. Yeah, you're a big I was, fan. I was a little defensive, Carter. This is Indiana Jones, okay? Of course, of course. Uh-huh. This is like James Bond finally meets the United States of America. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And archaeology? That's fun. But then the guy, he said, look, I, I get that the movies are a blast and they're so much fun to watch. He said, but think about it. And then he started kind of going down the list of all the things that Indiana Jones has not ethically checked off. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's hanging around a lot of different women. Uh, he's blowing up stuff in order to get that artifact so he can stick it in a museum that will be to his credit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And like at the very end, I feel like he's come to like a moral conclusion, but it's not until the very end of the Ark of the Covenant situation there with Raiders that he's like, oh, we shouldn't look upon the holiness of God because we're not holy. We're not worthy. Uh Finally, he gets it, you know. Right. 
Anywho, uh, all of that to say, I started getting me thinking about this this season that we've been in with perhaps watching a lot of movies, a lot of Netflix, watching things that maybe we feel a check about in our spirit. I am not talking about Indiana Jones per se, because I have this this um, let's call it a, a boundary line when you feel comfortable. I feel comfortable in watching this movie. Right. I don't feel like I am somehow grieving the Holy Spirit while I'm watching it. But there have certainly been those moments I feel like I've lost with my children after watching a film that we feel is within the boundaries. I haven't still sat down with them and said, hey, was it okay when this character did that? Even if it might have been like a a little white lie or even if it had been just a slight little, oh, come on, it's just a movie. Nobody's going to actually do that. Well, wait, Mm -hmm. have I had not only a Holy Spirit check with myself about, you know, Lord, I really had fun watching that, but I know that I would never do that. Thank you for giving me your grace in the moment to help me overcome those kind of challenges in a right way because of you. And have I had that conversation with my children? Hey, it's it was kind of cool when we saw Indiana Jones fight those Nazis and he was punching them left and right. But, you know, he he was doing it on his own. There was nobody kind of in control of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that something we should do? <laughs> Come out from under the umbrella of authority and do things on our own, you know, have those kinds of conversations. It's very interesting. I am reminded of a conversation that I had with a friend, a Christian friend, amazing guy, so kind-hearted, and influenced my spiritual walk, quite frankly, to set that up, to to tell you that he was super into horror movies. Mm. Like, he honestly was paid because I was a broadcast degree. So he was in classes with him and he was actually paid to go help with a film of one of the movies. Uh, nothing big, but he was, he was going to do that. Okay. And I said, you know, how do you feel about that in regards to that influencing people? And he goes, he just vehemently disagreed. He said, culture influences art, not the other way around mm-hmm. that we as a people influence what people write for movies. Mm. And I think that's completely true. I really do. I, I think there's been far more real examples to uh, put something in movies or music because it really happened and then somebody writes about it. Uh, but I I think that could be true for somebody's experience and then they write it. But then I think it's twofold because it's like, oh, maybe it's like a mirror. Then it comes right back to a 12-year-old kid who hasn't experienced it and is now watching it on a film. Mm-hmm. And so I really think it goes both ways. And so we ask ourselves, well, okay, it's just a movie. Yeah, but what is it going to influence somebody to do or how is it going to influence somebody to think? And when my children see my reaction to said movie, yeah, am right. I somehow justifying the, whatever it was that took place on screen that I've told them this is not okay and I'm mm. laughing about it because True. it was a joke. Can we have a conversation about it later or am I going to leave it untouched because that would be confusing. You know? my, parents, my parents set a great example of they would intentionally, I'm sure, not laugh at the parts that they didn't want me to find funny or they'd skip ahead. They did that thing. And sure. they set a really great example. But I think what you're saying is even going a step further for all of us. And let's have that conversation as a family or, man, honestly, even just dating couples or married couples. Well, yeah. Like, hey, did, um, did they treated each other really badly? Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and have that communication. I think communication solves nothing. 90% of the world's problems. Like I, I really do. And so yeah. I think if you have that conversation afterwards to be, what page are we on? You're going to be a, have a healthier relationship, even be a healthier self and definitely have a, a healthier family. 
you know, God is there to guide us. And he is, I mean, there. <laughs> it's funny, we talk about our moral compass. He is true north. He is all that is right. Mm-hmm. And his desire is that we fall in line with him. I've described it with my kids. It's like, you know, when you step under an umbrella and it's raining, what happens? Well, you stay dry. Yeah. If you're aligned underneath the umbrella, you're going to stay dry. And it's the same. God has put this umbrella out there. If you stay under the alignment of him and who he is, you're going to be on the right path, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's really important to ask him, God, would you share with me what your will is for my life? Talk with him. I mean, we talk about having conversations with kids, with our with our spouse, with our best friend after watching these types of things or engaging. Am I talking about it with him too? Lord, I feel like I'm okay with this. Are you okay with this? And I think you'll feel a check in your spirit if if he's not. You'll always know. There's like, in fact, I, this wonderful lady called during the radio show the other day and she shared about a show that she started watching because a family member had recommended it. And she said, I not only watched the first episode, but I watched the first season. And she said, I was, you know, there were some episodes I was a little uncomfortable with. And then during the second season, I got even more uncomfortable. And the third season, I got even more uncomfortable. And then that's when she was like, I knew I felt this this voice telling me this is not for you. Mm -hmm. And she called it B.C. She said before Christ for Uh me, (laughs) I would have probably been fine with, you know, binge watching the rest of them. But she said, I felt that that check in her spirit and she honored it. And I I think that's so relatable. I think we've all in some way done something like that. You feel that that check in your spirit, whether it's with a TV show or it's something in action you shouldn't do or whatever it is. And when I have done that in the past, I felt that check in my spirit, but I have not obeyed. Mm-hmm. I diminish the voice. It makes it smaller. The still small voice becomes even smaller. And that is not the goal as a Christ follower. That's it's true. You wanted to get louder. Please. Yeah. Flashing, blinking signs. Well, Rochelle, the last time I gave you a nudge, you did nothing with it. So yeah. what are you going to do with a flashing, blinking sign? <laughs> Um, but anyway, I think it, I think it's so important to always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because what happens is not only do we make his voice smaller in our own lives because we're choosing to block it out. It's not his choice. It's our choice. Mm-hmm. It, but then you're desensitizing what, what you are, you know, you talk about your friend with culture and how it, it's what happens in our culture that influences art. That scares me. Mm-hmm. If you're binge watching the latest show on Netflix, if that doesn't make you a little nervous, like some of this, sh- you're like, oh my word, that doesn't happen. Well, yeah. if yeah. this is literally putting a mirror in front of things that are happening, it may not be happening at the rate that Hollywood embellishes it to be happening, but stuff like very disturbing things that you watch on Netflix and I'm like, oh, <gasps> I can't even believe they're showing that on TV. Well, something to be it's, praying about, and well, it's maybe... pretty normal in some circles, isn't it? You you get outside the Christian bubble because you because th- I I think it's so true. Anything you see on the news or Hollywood is definitely exaggerated, and and it's, sure, it's, this is the norm when it's probably not completely. It's exaggerated, yeah. But if you if you've got outside your Christian bubble, let's even say you just work at a place that's not a Christian environment, 
you know, you know that there's the talk is different there than at church or with your your Christian friends. You know how people will talk about some things that if it's been a while since you've been outside the Christian bubble, you're like, oh, this gets brought up. This is I did not. I either forgot or didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that real life stuff is happening, and it, yeah, that is a good reminder to pray about the culture that hopefully it changes, we can help change it and then change art that way, you know? And be so careful. I love movies. You know, I've shared this before. I have a passion for theater. That was what I got my degree in. I know, Carter, you feel that way. Um, we, We love the entertainment business. However, it's it's going to share with you what sells People are always looking for the the rating. I read a book the other day about this incredible ministry that was taking place. Uh, and there was this movie made about it. And it, it involved basketball and an AA meeting. And this guy, he was a born-again guy, was just revolutionize, helping to revolutionize the lives of young people who were in devastating circumstances. An incredible testimony. But the Hollywood movie that they made, they did take out the testimony part. They took mm. out Christ from the... T- and I thought, okay, well, there you go. That's not my favorite. And they don't always do that. There's been marvelous films made about, you know, case in point, you look at the life of Jeremy Camp. It's kind of hard to do a life story about Jeremy Camp with, you know, and take out the faith part. You can't do that. But right. um, I think it's very, very easy to get sucked in. And the enemy will look for any foothold, any opportunity and just because you love entertainment doesn't mean that you are all powerful and have the uh, the wherewithal to control how your mind can wander when you're tempted. True. So if it's something, even if you're like, "Ooh, I would never do that," and you're even thinking this is a comment a commentary on culture, that's not my culture, but it it does it's a picture's worth a bajillion words right it stays with you and if it's not something that you're immediately giving over to the lord and then saying you know i don't want to take part in this anymore or whatever you you need to be careful because when the holy spirit starts doing those checks in your heart it's because he's he's saying baby this is this isn't good for you it's going to stick with you and if you're not careful it can lead you to a place where there is no return in terms of like you know now you start, let's just go there. You start talking about, you know, certain lovemaking scenes and things like that. You know, lust, pornography, these things will take you to a place where it could it could do way a lot of damage to your relationships, to your own uh, psyche. Yeah. So I just be careful when God just taps you on your heart, says, no, not for you. Please heed the tapping. We, we've all felt it. We've uh, sure. I feel so down lately. And then you realize it's something you're watching or listening to. And mm-hmm. so I, I think we all know it's real, but we don't like to get told about it because then it feels like a lecture sometimes. I know. But... And I don't want this to come out. If it doesn't sound like I'm lecturing because I know. No, I think you're being, you know, compassionate and encouraging. Well, but and I know... I've done that. I've definitely avoided that. I've ignored it. Yeah, Ignore yeah. the tapping. We all have. We all have. I think also with when it comes to the culture to show a love for people that are are different um are are unbelievers i guess is the best way to say it mm-hmm. uh, are or just disagree with us in general uh, po- politically that that comes to mind too i was reading about the rich young ruler you can read about i think actually a couple different places but mark is is where i'm at here in mark 10 okay 
And this is a, I mean, there you go. He's, he's rich. He's young. He's a ruler. He's in, in charge of, of somebody. And I, Rochelle, you'll just find this interesting. The pastor that was, I heard talking about this, that actually we're going to have on our podcast here in a couple of weeks. Mike Winger is his name. He was talking about how some people talk about this might've been Paul. Maybe the rich young ruler was Paul. We don't know the rest of the story and we don't know who he wasn't named. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, there's not really any evidence for it. A lot of people like to go there. He's like, more than likely, this was just some dude that we don't ever hear about the rest of the time. But uh, but who knows? Who knows? And so here's, here's this. He was, uh, as he was setting out on a journey, this is Jesus, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all these things from my youth up. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him mm-hmm. and said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. At these words, he was saddened. He went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. Now, we'll get to the rest of this in just a second, but that's the part that I really spoke to me. Jesus felt a love for him in the midst of this guy who, what it seems like he's doing, a lot of of rich people in that day would pay teachers to kind of help pad their clout a little bit. And to tell me how, how I can do this better or tell me how good I am already, basically. And so he's kind of really just wanting approval from Jesus. Mm. And how do I accept? Uh, and, and there's sincerity there, too. But it, sincerity in because he ran to him, which was not culturally appropriate. Like he, he really did want to hear what Jesus said. But I think he was thinking I could have Jesus in my pocket, essentially. Mm. I want Jesus to pat me on the back and tell me how good I am. Mm. And Jesus like says, well, you, here's what you got to do. Well, yeah, I, I, I kept all those things. Well, no, you haven't. Nobody has. And so, but, and yet in the midst of that, Jesus felt a love for him. And it's, it's noteworthy here that, that and it's in the book of Mark. And then, and then said to him instructions because he was after the guy's heart. Clearly, we're not called to go sell everything we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not anywhere that anything Jesus says again. But that was what that guy was dealing with, was holding on to the things of this world. Um, and so wherever we find ourselves in a conversation, whether it be about somebody that disagrees with us about art or politics or, or faith, that to feel a love for them in the midst of whatever the discussion is, that that to me just is for me right now the point of that story yeah because we do not do a good job of that right now (laughs) yeah break my heart for what breaks yours yep um (laughs) this is a funny example usually i think about my children but i'm thinking about our dog lady and there are things that she comes to us wagging her tail about like Mm -hmm. can i have a taste of what you're eating (sighs) and it's something she definitely cannot be eating but i think it would be good for me (laughs) You're and, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely wrong. And there have been times here where we have to discipline her. No, get down. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that I don't love my dog, you know, and I still, right. my heart still very soft towards her as she wags her tail at me, even though I told her, you know, you got to get down. You know, you think about the re- reaction that we have towards our pets when we withhold things that would be bad for them in order to keep them in their best um, position <laughs> in life. We do the same with our children, certainly more so with our children. 
Um, I think I think we always need to whatever it is that is relating to your situation. Perhaps you don't have kids, but you've got nephews and nieces or, you know, you've got that pet at home that you look at and you try to take care of best you can. But there are things, boundaries, you know, that's how God looks after us in in such a that's such a small minor example of how God looks after us. Like there is no way that I could even give some sort of comparable analogy here. I was, he cares for us more than anybody has ever cared for anything. Yeah. Nobody else goes about creating something, taking mouth from that thing, taking all the slander from that thing, (laughs) then die for that thing. Nobody's ever done that, but our God did. Our God did. And so it's this incredible love. And even though sometimes there are harsh ways it comes across in scripture that it's harsh, like Jesus was like, why do you call me good? Only God is good. It's like, whoa, dude, this guy came to you with passion and he ran to you and he asked you this question. I think he was in a way kind of testing him to see his reaction, his response to what he said when he said that. And then it says he felt such love towards him because I think he could tell in that moment there was there was an earnestness about him. There was a sincerity about his request, even though um, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a movie where you see the rich girl. It's like um, she gets kicked out of her position for whatever reason. And then she goes to like this pauper status almost. Right. And she's she's not a horrible person. She's actually a very sweet person, but she's very like the world owes me entitled person. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody that usually comes along in that pauper status too, who lovingly takes that girl under their wing and shows them the ropes and said, well, this is what you're going to need to do in order to make it at this level. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is what needs to happen. And I think it's like, we literally have to be taken out of this entitled place where we live and Jesus wants to take us under his wing. Sometimes it, he has to be a little harsh with us, but it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. He, we're lovable to him. Well, and, he desires us, you know? This is what the guy is saying. I, I never thought about it like this, but this is what the pastor said. He says, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Yeah. And then the guy, basically, after Jesus names the commandments, he says, yeah, yeah, so I'm good. <laughs> I've I've kept all those things. Uh, no, I just told heart. you that God God alone <laughs> is is good, yeah. and so yeah, I know it's just kind of interesting. Uh, but we went on. Rochelle and I had a discussion about oh. the the rest of this, and it's very interesting that he goes on to say about you know because it's the rich part of the discussion. Yeah, Jesus looking around said to his disciples, "How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God." The disciples were amazed at his words, and Jesus answered again and said to them, "Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God." Uh, while they were even more astonished, he said to them, "Then who can be saved?" And looking at them, Jesus said, "With people it's impossible." But not with God, for all things are possible with God. Yeah. And so, what uh, Mike Winger again? He's going to join us here in a couple of weeks about defending the faith. That's going to be great. What he says about this is what he has found is that there is no evidence to show a story that you may have heard 
about this particular uh, verse where people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that is, is there's a gate. There's an actual gate that the camels have to kneel down and get through to get into the city. And that's what he would have been referencing. He says there's no evidence to show that there's an actual gate and that what it is, is he's literally being, you know, using hyperbole here, a camel through the eye of a needle, because he wants us to know it is impossible for us to do anything to get into the kingdom of God, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. But Rochelle, you said <laughs> that your dad went there. So my mom and dad went to Israel. And before doing this podcast, I texted and I was like, Dad, didn't you tell me when I was a little kid, when you came back from Israel, that you saw a slender gate that they call uh, the eye of the needle or something like that? Uh-huh. And it was one of those things where if it wasn't for the help of the one leading the camel, there's no way that camel would make it through on its own Mm -hmm. because it has luggage and everything else on its back. And I haven't heard from him yet because I could have sworn that he did say that. And clearly there are stories about this, whether it exists or not. Uh, In fact, there's a lot of people guessing as to what that meant. In fact, there are some that even say it was interpreted incorrectly, that the Greek word actually means rope. It doesn't mean camel to go through the eye of a needle for the road. So it would be impossible. But see, I, I think this is also kind of funny because regardless of what it means or whether Jesus was using this incredible image of a camel going through, you know, a tiny needle's eye, whatever it is, the point is, is that you can't do it with all this stuff attached Mm -hmm. to you in terms of like uh, your um, position, your what you think makes you the it guy, what you think, quote unquote, makes you good, rich young ruler, your wealth, your status, you know, that's not what is going to get you to heaven. It is God alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's what I, I guess that's why uh, Pastor Mike talked about the difference. And he, he just kind of mentioned that real quick because it's something that I never knew that that might be made up. Um, but I think if we really do want to hang on to the riches of this world, because that's where the passage goes for a lot of people, well, can I still have stuff? Um, and the the point is, some people might take it as, oh, okay, so the camel had to kneel down and try real hard, but <laughs> but he could do it. Well, that's why Pastor Mike at least leans to the fact that Jesus is using hyperbole. No, 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 not hard, but possible. Impossible. Yeah, I they would threw- have to unburden the camel of its wealth. They would have to take off the packages and stuff that he's supposed to come through in order for him to go through. Well, and I think that's what, uh, that's also what he's saying, that it's also okay to have stuff but not live for it. Mm. So basically, I think that's where he lands is, no, through the actual eye of a needle. You can't get a camel through it. <laughs> you can't get to heaven. There's no trying hard enough. Well, let me do this. Let me sell my stuff. Even though, weirdly enough, Jesus said it to that guy, He was what he was saying was, your heart's messed up, bro. Like, mm. that's what Jesus was saying to that guy. I always always look at kids for the pure answer. Yeah. And I was watching um, one of the episodes of The Chosen. I've been rewatching that. And I love this series. I love the way that they make Jesus who I know Jesus to be. He was just everything you would want in a good friend and a good counsel type person that you could go to and say, all right, and and also a savior, selfless and beautiful and wonderful. There was a reason why people followed him and and were enamored and nobody spoke like this guy speaking. Who's this guy? So there's this incredible moment, though, where you are watching them have Shabbat. Uh, 
two different households are having this Jewish celebration, this moment, which is very rich in their uh, Jewish culture. And it's a way to honor God. And in one household, it's very beautiful, wealthy looking, just the dishes or are ornate. The candles are perfect. Everything is as it should be. Everything has a story. And the Pharisee Nicodemus is the one conducting Shabbat. And then you go to the house of Mary, who has just had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. And everything is very rugged. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just not smooth, you know. This is her first one that she's ever done in her home. And she's kind of fumbling with, what do I do? Am I getting this right? But she's invited all into her home, all of the ones that would never get invited to the fancy one, the crippled, the lonely, the destitute. Um, and Jesus shows up at her dinner. And I, I asked my, my kids, I said, which one would you rather go to? Well, clearly Mary's. Because there's, there's no sense of, I have to look a certain way and present myself a certain way and have a certain thing. I don't think yeah. it's bad to have nice things. What's bad is when I'm holding so tightly to them that if God calls me to give it away, I can't. Yeah. I'd rather be at the, I'd rather be at the dinner setting where it's cash. <laughs> where it's authentic. Where it's real. I want to, I want to, I want to talk with people who don't act like they know it all. I want to, I want to learn from their learning, you know, let's talk about it. And it's super easy to fall into that place of feeling like, you know, about something and oh, I know all of it. Well, you know, the rich young ruler didn't. So if he doesn't know, Lord, who can get into the kingdom of heaven? If you hang around Jesus for a little bit longer, you're going to find out. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, this is good stuff. Uh, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, we appreciate your time today. Keep in mind, hopeondemand.com. You can get in touch with us there if you want to, if you have a, a question or, or comments, or you want to see a whole bunch of other stuff to encourage you. It's hopeondemand.com. And next week, uh, Carter has said that he's going to share a picture with us where he is trying to get through the eye of a needle. Oh, is that right? When did I? Uh, Just feels yeah. like something you should do. Watch out. Oh, he okay. spits. All right.